What seemed like a clear victory for the Republican Party on these upcoming midterms is suddenly looking a little less obvious. It's looking a little less guaranteed. And it is because this party just continues sinking lower and lower and lower. And I'm not quite sure there's much left on that barrel. (laughs) The immorality of this party is just... Oh man, it just continues to sink. And it's to a point where I think even some of the conservatives throughout the country are looking at it and they're they're having some second thoughts. So Roe v. Wade went down. That's exactly what they wanted. That's fine. It is now a state's issue, yada yada yada. We don't want, you know, we don't want abortions all over the country all the time. But I feel like the one thing that everybody could and should be agreeing on, and I think we are, I I truly think we are, is if a 10-year-old is pregnant, there has to be a medical procedure. Like, that has to be an exception. We have to draw the line somewhere, and it's got to be if a 10-year-old was raped. I promise you, if I were to approach like 200 to 300 people, I can guarantee you I can get 85, 90% of them to agree that yes, that would definitely be an exception to the rule if that little girl was going through this terrible, terrible event in her life. And it got put to the test. There was a 10-year-old in Ohio who had to cross state lines to Indiana where abortion is still legal as of now to have the procedure done because I, th- I feel like we can agree that someone who's 10 years old should not be attempting to give birth, right? We can agree on that part, right? Not talking about the overall scheme. This particular incident This particular tragedy, I think we can all agree that this was the right thing, right? Well, well, the Republican Party just continues to be ridiculous because Indiana got upset that this made the news. And so therefore, they started this rumor somewhere along the lines, whether it be Fox News right-wing media started spreading this thing where there's a chance that the story was fake. That the story was fake. This is a made-up story just to rile up people in America. Now, guys, I understand that both parties lie. I understand that people lie in general. But who in the hell would lie about something like this? Why? Why would we lie about something like this? Why would anybody try to lie about this. It's ridiculous. And I understand politics can get really ugly, but there's no way, just no way, that there would be a group of people willing to make up the story to make a point. There's no way. And then the absolute sad truth is, we don't even have to make up the story because statistically, and this is true, and this is awful, Statistically, once a week, there is a minor, less, you know, 12 years or under, 
there's a minor who's going to end up pregnant. Who's going to end up, you know, getting raped. This happens dozens of times in Ohio alone. That statistic, the fact that that statistic isn't blown up to the stratosphere and and nothing is being, you know, pushed to ensure that we can keep that number as low as humanely possible kind of upsets me. But that is a it's it's actually a very uncomfortable statistic. But it's a stat. It is a true thing. So why would we make this up? If this already is happening, why wouldn't we make it up? But here we are. The story was supposedly made up. Right-wing media. Oh, man, the Democrats are at it again. Guess what? Next day, they arrested a man who was charged with raping raping a 10-year-old. And it was that same little girl who crossed state lines to get the procedure done. Because, as I've said, her life was in danger. Because, it, you know... Her life was in danger. This this should be agreed upon. And this should be an open and shut thing. Right? The law, they followed the law. Didn't perform the procedure in Ohio where it's illegal. Went to Indiana where it's legal. Right? Followed the law. Problem is, the Republicans in Indiana needed to find some justice. Just to save face. Just to try to appeal to their most ridiculous of, you know, followers. And they wanted to go after the doctor that performed the procedure on a state where it's still legal. That's just... Really? Really. This is all about control. And they're showing their hand, and it's... It, they're showing their hand a lot more than what I even predicted. And then the other thing that happened was that Biden decided to pass this decided to pass his executive order basically saying that if the mother's life is in danger the abortion should be allowed to be performed. The medical procedure should be allowed to be performed if the woman's life is in danger, which is the it's the least we can do, right? It's the least we can do. Very simple, right? Hospitals should be allowed to try to save the mother. That's a very, very simple, that's a layup. And I promise you, even, even most of those who do not agree with the concept of abortion can agree with at least that. I'm, I'm, I'm sure of it. And yeah, back away if this is an uncomfortable topic, because I probably should have warned you guys from the beginning. And yet, the state of Texas was like, no, we cannot believe the Biden is passing these laws to protect mothers, protect their health. How dare he? And guess what? The state of Texas sued the Biden administration to ensure that hospitals should not be allowed to try to save the mom if the baby or the conditions around her pregnancy are threatening her life. Imagine that. How low can you go? You are trying to sue Biden because Biden is trying to protect mothers. Are you serious? This isn't Biden overriding all abortions. This is merely him overriding those 
ridiculous states that pass the the no abortions under no circumstances whatsoever. At the very least, if it's a medical emergency, at the very least, that should be allowed. Give me that. Just give us that. But the state of Texas continuing its downward spiral. God, I don't think anyone in Texas within the Republican Party is going to see heaven. There's just no way. I don't, I just, I just don't believe it. And the state of Texas is suing to continue, is basically demanding their right to continue to threaten the lives of mothers to save the baby. Man. And here's the other thing. Because even if we make that argument that, oh, you got to save the baby at all costs. If the mother's life is in danger, wouldn't you say that chances are very good that the baby would also be in danger too? Like, the baby depends on the mother to survive. So if the mom is in trouble then there's a good chance the baby's going to be in trouble. So what is this behavior? What is this? What are we doing? What are we doing? So when Roe v. Wade went down, the, you know, those that were celebrating basically were saying the same thing. We're like, oh, the exceptions to the rule do not happen that often. They don't happen that often. These numbers are low. Blah, blah, blah. Most of these abortions, you know, they, they don't have to happen. It should be, you know, the mother should carry the term, especially if they're healthy, yada, 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 yada. And this is where, <laughs> this is where their arguments for the all lives matter falls apart. Because this is the party of all lives matter. This has been their platform for the past several years when fighting Black Lives Matter, by the way. Because it's the only reason all lives matter is a thing. All Lives Matter only exist to go against Black Lives Matter. Which, by the way, Black Lives do matter. Just saying. But they keep showing how hypocritical they are when they say All Lives Matter, but then they're like, oh, well, these exceptions don't happen that often. You know, the the 10-year-old, the 10-year-old getting raped does not happen that often. Right? The woman having the medical emergency when trying to give birth does not happen that often. Even though statistically that's also not true. But that's besides the point. And these are the same people that are like, oh, coronavirus only kills 4% of people who have it. Or they'll also do the whole thing about the gun violence. Oh, well, did you know that half of the gun violence that's reported in the United States are suicides? Really? I thought you guys were all lives matter. Our battle should be to save as many lives as possible. But you don't want to get rid of the guns. You didn't want to do all the things that would have helped us defeat the pandemic sooner. You don't want to protect those that are in, you know, that are in danger in terms of their health when it involves pregnancies. You don't want to protect them because that would just defeat your message. You don't believe in all lives matter. You don't. You believe in control. This party believes in control. 
And it's gotten to a point where even I'm pretty sure even their own voters are starting to see that it's gotten out of hand. There is a I forget the name of the senator. His name's not important, but he's running in Iowa. And normally this guy, he's on like his seventh or eighth term and he wins by like 30 percentage points every single time because Iowa is a very deep red state. His lead is down to five, six percent right now against the Democrat. In Iowa. Which means. Their lead is shrinking. This expected victory in the midterms is. It's not. It's it's starting to hit some resistance. And it's because. This party has gotten out of control. Just wildly out of control. In the same week. They deemed that 10-year-old getting raped as a fake story. And then when they did not do that, they wanted to go after the doctor who legally performed the procedure and legally went through all the steps. Why? Because they wanted to control. Because they wanted to control the narrative and they wanted to impress their, you know, their maggot friends. These people are out of control. Suing the Biden administration because Biden wants to try to protect mothers and this is on top of all the shenanigans happening with the gun violence. This political party is showing its extreme corners. And I truly think that I think this guaranteed victory in November may not happen. Because as I've said, the behavior is just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And now today as of this on this recording you had Ted Cruz talking about how he believes that the uh, the law that that legalized gay marriage nationwide was a mistake this same man screamed freedom at the top of his lungs during a conservative uh, conference in Orlando but yet you want to prevent people from just from getting married one of the most basic rights that this country can offer? Are you serious, guys? And I know that these people are, are, you know, that these Republicans are doing things to appeal to their base, but we're at a point where they're starting to, they're, they're just, they're, it's just getting worse. It's, they're pushing things further than they have to. And it confuses me sometimes. It really does. Why are we villainizing the 10-year-old? Why are we villainizing the doctor for performing the for performing a procedure to save a 10-year-old's life? There's minimal chance that that baby was going to be born properly. In a 10-year-old's stomach? Are you serious? We are an embarrassment to everyone else around the world right now. To mo- the, to the you know to the first party nations, to the developed nations. We're an embarrassment right now. Other countries are looking at these stories and they're like, "What the fuck happened to America?" And we've always been a mess. 
be honest. We have never we have never been perfect. And you know, when someone says "Make America Great Again," you can ask them when was it actually ever great, and the answer gets muddled. We're in a constant state of improvement. Before the first time, there's been a chunk, you know, a quarter of a century, in which it looks like we're going backwards. That hasn't happened before, honestly. Even with all our sins, even with all our terrible actions, it felt like there has been a progress, right? Country was founded on slavery and immigration, and slowly but surely we got rid of slavery. The Jim Crow laws happened, we had the Civil Rights Movement, and we have things that are happening today, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement. But it feels like everything's going backwards within the past, you know, couple decades. And it hasn't happened. I I don't, I just don't believe it's happened before. United States used to be leaders in technology. It used to be the economic leaders. It used to be the leaders in intervention. It just isn't the, it's just not these things anymore. It's the richest country in the world. But it's starting to lose a lot of in a lot of other ways. United States used to be ahead of everyone in transportation, used to be ahead of everyone in electricity and advancements, just all these things. It just stopped. It just stopped being this way because the political atmosphere has spent so much time trying to keep out the extremists that don't want to see all these changes and improvements that comes with human history evolving that finally they made a way in and it has disrupted all this progress. Now we're paying for it. Every election. Little by little, they were chipping away at some of these basic rights. And now they have the Supreme Court. They have a 6-3 lead. And now everything is set to fall apart. We already lost Roe v. Wade. We might lose gay marriage. We might lose interracial marriage. And I've brought this point up before. But I bring it up again because I'm beginning to see that we're, we're just, we're not getting any better. And I think the conservative voters and I think the independent voters are starting to see that we, we're we going to have to flush some of this out. We're going to have to remove some of these people because this may not be the country that I want to live in anymore. This anger. I don't, I don't think people want this. I really don't think so. Georgia became a blue state for crying out loud. (laughs) Florida almost voted a Democratic Socialist in back in 2018. Like the reddest of reds are losing their are losing this color and it's freaking them out, which is why they're behaving this way. But they're behaving even worse than what the conservatives would prefer. Because the conservatives always like a little attitude. But going after a doctor for performing a medical emergency procedure on a 10-year-old who was raped? Eh, eh, I tr- eh, that's, that's crossing the line. Even for them. I'm... Pr- 
No one should be celebrating at this news. But the Democratic Party should be capitalizing on this news and showing this is who they are. This is what they've become. And I'm not saying that you have to be a liberal, but what I am saying is that you have to you have to get rid of these people because they are only looking out for themselves. They're only looking out for control. And you cannot guarantee that they won't go after you too for something else. We're an embarrassment. And I think in November we can vote out a lot of this embarrassment if we can really have an edge in the Senate and really start pushing out more bills and start start fixing some of these things that have fallen apart because of terrible Republican leaders in the last quarter century. But what looked like it was almost a guaranteed loss and an uphill battle is turning into an easier fight because the the opposition has just completely lost their mind. That's the point of this. Register to vote, guys. Register to vote because there is no way that the political party that went after the doctor that saved that 10-year-old's life, there's no way that party should should be allowed to have any more power. We have to eradicate this. We have to eradicate this cult. We have to. For the good of this country and for the health and safety of women across the country, we have to, we have to show up. primaries feels like it was 8,000 years ago. So for those who don't remember, (laughs) there were two progressives that were among the field. It was, of course, Bernie Sanders and there was Elizabeth Warren. And at first, both of them had very similar policies, very similar ideas, and they were not attacking each other. But when Warren's numbers were continuing to fall apart and Bernie was clearly in the lead she changed her strategy instead of really joining forces with him which is what really she should have done she decided to start attacking Bernie from multiple angles called him a sexist and then the one that really really set Bernie fans off was her accusations that the Bernie fandom the Bernie bros were sexist They were vulgar, they were vile, and they were vicious on social media. She was complaining that the fandom was being too mean to her, was being too mean to the opposition. And, of course, uh, Buttigieg supported Warren in uh, in that thought process. And I'm not saying that was the beginning of the end of Bernie, 
But that was the beginning of the little controversies of Bernie's fan base. And it was similar, eerily similar to Trump's fandom when he first started running. The Bernie Bros thing, there were hints of it in 2016, but there was a lot stronger, the the backlash against it from the Democratic Party in 2020. It was the bullying thing. that We were bullying people. Now, of course, uh, Biden eventually got the nomination. Elizabeth Warren did not get a position in the cabinet. Great job, Elizabeth. But it's funny because John Fetterman, who is running for the Senate against Dr. Oz, he is succeeding and destroying his opponent through the exact same strategy. It's the bullying tactic. It's the, what is this punk ass doing going up against me? What does he know? What is he doing? He knows nothing. It's perfect. The strategy has been Dr. Oz, and it's true, he's actually from Jersey. He doesn't represent the people of Pennsylvania while Fetterman does. It's It's very simple. But what he does is, is hounds him attacks him all the time. He quote tweets Dr. Oz's tweets and then just responds with rapid fire succession. And it's been fun to watch. And the results as of now have shown that he has a very good lead. This guy essentially came out of nowhere and has emerged as one of the more popular candidates in the Democratic field that's running for a position in the upcoming midterms. And it's through this strategy that the Bernie bros were essentially using. It was the bullying tactic. It was the hounding tactics. Now, I'm going to say this, and I don't care if people hear this. I don't care if you record this. But if you think that the Bernie bros were bad during 2020, and if Fetterman wins, and if Bernie Sanders runs a third time, we're going scorched earth. We are going to bully. What you think was bad, you are not prepared. None of you are prepared. Son, the Bernie bros, and I am fine with this, We're going to copy the Fetterman strategy. And none of this is official, by the way. This is just me talking. But I promise you, if the Fetterman strategy works, as opposed to the, oh, we are the party of morality and they are the party of bad. We are the good, they are the bad. That's the Hillary tactic. That was the Biden tactic. No, Fetterman is using the bully tactic. Is the, this guy doesn't even deserve to be in the same room as me. This guy doesn't deserve to breathe the same air as me. Dr. Oz is a joke, a celebrity, some rich guy who does not care about you. And Fetterman has been very aggressive with this. If that strategy works, son, that will be the Bernie Sanders strategy of 2024. Because the gloves will be completely off and we will be swinging. We will be firing. It will get messy and ugly. And I don't think that the other Democrats that would dare 
attempt to make a run at 2024 would be prepared, would be emotionally prepared for what's going to happen. Because not only do we have what could have been, but now we had Biden's two years of what should have been and pile that on top of all the clear cases of the centrist going against the progressives and blaming the progressives for everything that's going on, son, it is going to be ugly and vicious and I am all for it. And the other part of this is I think Bernie Sanders is going to use the same tactic as well. I think Bernie is going to drop the kindness for the most part on the third run. Lately, he has been on these interviews absolutely brutal towards the people that are blocking the agenda that we've been trying to pass. Bernie Sanders has been absolutely vicious towards cinema, towards Mansion, and towards the Republican Party. All the fury that we sh- we want from Joe Biden, we're getting from Bernie. And now, I'm not saying he's the only one. We're getting it from plenty of other politicians that's not the Democratic leaders, unfortunately. We're not getting that type of fire from Biden. We're not getting it from Pelosi. We're not getting it from Schumer. Those three old hags just gotta go. We are getting it from plenty of candidates. But what makes Bernie different is that he has the fandom already. And he has already that reputation that... His fans are a little bit rough around the edges on social media. But I am saying this. If there's that third run, this is a strategy we're going to adopt. The Fetterman strategy will be adopted. Oh, man. I hope you're ready. (laughs) Because if you listen closely, we're collecting receipts, we're collecting quotes, we're collecting statements and news stories, and we're going to unleash a fire. Because as we all know, Bernie Sanders had the lead. He had the lead to be the nomin- to be the nominee. And it just, this conversation's for another day, but the DNC just did not want this. They did not want it. And it became Bernie versus everybody else. And of course, we're going back to Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren should have been the one to be on Bernie's side as the chips were falling and it looked like it was going to be one versus seven. Elizabeth should have joined Bernie and she didn't do it. To this day, I'm still mad about it. There's no way she can run again. There is no way she can run again. And that's part of the bullying tactic that might happen because it should be scaring away people. There is zero chance Elizabeth Warren can run in 2024 if Biden were to not run. There's no way. We will rip her through the coals. We will show her everything that has fallen apart because she was not willing to back Bernie and was not willing to give him a better fight in the primaries. Kamala Harris dare not run because the Bernie fans will, will attack. And I know I should not be gleeful about, you know, the political, you know, chaos that's going to follow. 
because, you know, we should be getting along. We should be looking for peaceful and less assertive and aggressive approaches to these things. But this is a country that's on pure desperation. We are going backwards. Women have law, have fewer rights now than they did five years ago. There is an anger. And I know that the Bernie fans are especially angry because it should not have come out this way. And if the coronavirus pandemic wasn't even a thing in 2020, we easily could have gotten that nomination. We easily could have won. But it complicated everything. And also the fact that we had this, you know, white supremacist dictator wannabe on the other side, the desperation to have you know, a nominee come out as soon as possible was there. Instead of, you know, dragging the fight as long as possible, Bernie dropped out because we had a much bigger fight to do. But I know for a fact that the strategy that was not endorsed by Bernie, because Bernie did not endorse, you know, the, you know, the online attacks. He did downplay, he did say, you know, I don't agree with you know, with it when there's threats and stuff like that. I don't think he's going to be as vocal about that in the third run. Because as I've said, it should have been his. This nominee should have been his. I don't care what anyone says. Give me whatever poll you want. I will throw it away. We will go scorched earth. It will get ugly. If you think it was bad in 2020 in the Democratic primaries, you haven't seen anything yet. And part of the reason why we're going to do this is because we have seen we have seen the morality way of approaching these, you know, elections. It's not working. The opposition doesn't care about moralities. They only care about power. So how do we combat this? How do we combat the bully? We become the bigger bully. That has been Fetterman's strategy. Dr. Oz was endorsed by Donald Trump, and now Fetterman is picking his bones clean. He has become the bully, and that bullying tactic is working. I'm not saying it will work for every election, but for the one that's coming up, I think this is the strategy. I I think that... the you know, the Democratic Party has to approach things differently for the next election run because you can't do the whole we're not Trump thing. It's it's just it's just not going to work again. It worked before that that was the proper strategy, even if there were a lot of missteps. But it's not going to work again. That's not enough. We need more fire. We need more anger. We need more assertiveness. We need more I will fight for you. I will be out there on the streets with a megaphone willing to stand up to you. And this is this is not Joe Biden's character. And this has not been Joe Biden's, you know, this is not his strength. But at the same time, he is the leader and he should be angrier about things that are going on. And it's not happening. Joe Biden is not angry enough at the corporations that are price gouging. Bernie is. That's why Bernie has gone through all those unions. Look at all the unionizing happening in Amazon and Starbucks and all the other, you know, large corporations. 
Not saying that was all Bernie, but Bernie was definitely helping those wheels turn. That wasn't Biden. Joe Biden became the first president in the history of the United States to have union, you know, union bosses in the White House. That wasn't Biden's idea. No. That was Bernie. That was Bernie's scorched earth approach battling all the corporations. Bernie's even going after Major League Baseball. Nobody else would ever dare do that. Bernie's scorched earth approach to everything that's going on is the is what we need. That's the energy we need. And we're going to need it for the next several years as all these basic rights are going to be under attack. They will be under attack. Don't think Roe v. Wade's the end. As I've said many, many times, this is just the beginning. And it's going to require someone who is angry enough to combat this. And I don't think Biden has that anger. I don't think Kamala Harris has that anger. I don't think anyone on the Democratic side, you know, the leaders have that. They don't have it. It's not there. I don't see, you know, I don't see Knobloch with that. I don't see Biden with that. I don't see Kamala Harris. I don't see uh, Buttigieg. I don't see Mayor Pete with that energy. But I see it in Bernie. And I see it in Bernie's fans. I see it in his crowds. And I know that that is the anger that's going to just exponentially increase as we approach the next election. And we have to face what's going to likely be a Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis. It will. We cannot be mild about this. We got to be extra spicy. And those pe- those old people on top just won't cut it. The only old man I'll support is the one with the <laughs> with the rabid with the rabid fan base. You think twenty twenty was bad, Elizabeth? Woo-hoo! Just you wait. Just you wait. We might have to start buying some flags, just like Trump. You know, like Trump fans. We're gonna have to start buying the stickers and like excessive amounts. We're going to paint this country super blue. Bernie's not an idiot either because I know he is watching what's happening in Central and South America. He is seeing the blue tide turning. He's seeing that Colombia elected its first leftist president ever. He has seen that Lula has risen from prison and is going to go again for the presidency and might actually win it. At his age, after his own political party, the entire political party, him and his involvement, I will not, I'm not going to debate that one. But his, Lula's entire political party was guilty of a terrible, terrible corruption scheme. And he rose from that and he's willing to take over. Chile has its youngest president ever, and they're about to rewrite the entire damn constitution. There is a giant left wave that's happening. It is an excessively powerful wave that's happening. You don't think Bernie wants some of this? You don't think Bernie wants to engage in this? You don't think Bernie wants to be in the driver's seat as Mexico, Honduras, Colombia, you know, uh, Bolivia and Chile and Brazil 
go further left? You don't think he wants this? Gosh, the opportunities. But it's going to require some fire. And I know he has that ability. And he has shown that ability. His anger, his determination has been showing. And as is, as has the determination from his, you know, his biggest supporters. The Fetterman strategy is just the beginning. That is exactly the strategy we're going, we're going to adopt if Bernie runs again. I'm not saying Bernie's running again. None of this is official. None of this is news, by the way. I, I've all, as I've said, this podcast is just me blurting things. But if Bernie runs again, I promise you this is my prediction. It is going to be a wild, brutal, and vicious strategy from his fans in terms of social media. What Bernie's going to do is likely he's going to form his coalition. He's going to go to the small towns. He's going to do what he always does. But he's going to be much less apologetic for the way his fans, his supporters, his voters, his do- his donors are behaving. He's going to be less apologetic about it. Especially, like I said, if Fetterman wins and if Bernie decides to run, that is what we're going to do. It's going to be ugly and we're going to take everyone down with us. That is what's going to happen. It's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to... I suggest that if you didn't... If you couldn't handle it before, I suggest you just turn off social media and walk away. Become nomads, live in a van down by the river, and just ignore it. Avoid it as much as you can. Because we are... You know, the bubble is growing. And once it pops, you're going to see... <laughs> You're going to see chaos. You're going to see fights. You're going to see... And I mean this all in an online kind of thing. I'm not saying that, you know, we're going to perform a January 6th. That's not what's going to happen. What is going to happen is all the excuses that have been used by by the centrist are just no longer valid. Their arguments are falling apart just as quickly as the arguments of the Republican Party when they're doing all their bullshit. It's all falling apart in front of everyone's eyes. And in, by 2024, they have nothing to stand on. And they're just going to have to take the online abuse. I'm sorry. Be ready. I wholeheartedly agree that we should never resort to like directly threatening people, threatening family members. No, no, no. But what I am saying is excessive criticism, excessive, you know, verbal <laughs> verbal destruction of your ideas and your policies that are that is a negative effect to Americans, you deserve it. You get what's coming to you. If you downplayed Roe v. Wade going, you know, going under, if you're downplaying it and you're like, "Oh, just go up and vote again." No, no, no. You deserve everything that's coming to you. On this next election cycle. If you're still trying to reach out to Mansion and Cinema, if you're still trying to reach out to work out deals with them, you deserve what's coming to you. If you're trying to still reach out to the Republican Party, which should be extinct right now because it's just overrun by terrorists and white supremacists, you deserve what's coming to you. Just be prepared.
I'm just saying. All this criticism, we're writing it down and we're, we're ready to throw it at you once the moment comes. <laughs> there's a there's a meme among the Bernie fandom in which it's basically all these things that that it's basically showing that Bernie is in agreement with every with the targeted harassment. And so there was like a there's an image, a joking image, joke image where it's Bernie directly messaging you saying it's time for targeted harassment. And, like, the person responds, yes, sir. That's what it is. Bernie sends me an email saying, look, I'm going to do this again. And this time, no holds barred. We're going to go. We're going to go. I don't care what you do. Just don't break the law. But do anything you can that's not breaking the law that shows that they are dumb and that we are the future and they are not. It's time for targeted harassment. Yes, Bernie. Yes, comrade. That Bernie impression could still use a little work. Just be ready. As I've said, uh, Fetterman has a very strong lead in Pennsylvania. And if we manage to get those extra Senate seats, then Biden, the clock is ticking. Because if you still do not deliver on your promises, then the next election cycle, that next Democratic primary, oh man, (laughs) be prepared. Register to vote. Keep an eye on your neighbors. Make sure they're doing well. Have a good night. And vote Bernie Sanders. Mm -hmm.